0: Part three, chapter eleven of Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Nathan Haskell Doyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne Spiegel. Toward the end of July, Levin received a visit from the starosta of his sister's estate, situated about twenty versts from Prokrovskoye. He brought the report about the progress of affairs and about the haymaking. The chief income from his sister's estate came from the meadows inundated in the spring. In former years, the muziks rented these hayfields at the rate of twenty rubles a desyatin. But when Levin undertook the management of this estate and examined the hay crops, he came to the conclusion that the rent was too low and he raised it to the rate of twenty-five rubles a desyatin. The muziks refused to pay this and, as Levin suspected, drove away other lessees, then levin himself went there and arranged to have the meadows mowed partly by day-labourers partly on shares his musics were greatly discontented with this new plan and did their best to thwart it but it was attended with success and even the very first year the yield from the meadows was nearly doubled the opposition of the peasantry continued through the second and third summers and the haymaking was conducted on the same conditions but this year they had mowed the meadows on thirds and now the starosta had come to announce that the work was done and that he fearing it was going to rain had summoned the bookkeeper and made the division in his presence and turned over the 18 hayricks which were the proprietor's share by the unsatisfactory answer to his question how much hay had been secured from the largest meadow by the starosta's haste in making the division without orders by the man's whole manner levin was induced to think there was something crooked in the division of the hay and he concluded that it would be wise to go and look into it. Levin reached the estate just at dinner time, and leaving his horse at the house of his old friend, the husband of his brother's former nurse, he went to find the old man at the apiary hoping to obtain from him some light on the question of the hay crop. The loquacious, beautiful looking old man, whose name was Parman was delighted to see Levin, showed him all about his husbandry, and told him all the particulars about his bees and how they swarmed this year but when levin asked him about the hay he gave vague and unsatisfactory answers this still more confirmed levin in his suspicions he went to the meadows and on examination of the hayricks found that they could not contain 50 loads each as the muziks said so in order to give the peasants a lesson he had one of the carts which they had used as a measure to be brought and ordered all the hay from one of the ricks to be carried into the shed the hayrick was found to contain only thirty-two loads notwithstanding the starosta's protestations that the hay was measured right and that it must have got pressed down in the cart notwithstanding the fact that he called god to witness that it was all done in the most godly manner levin insisted on it that as the division had been made without his orders he would not accept the hay-ricks as equivalent to fifty loads each after long parleys it was decided that the Muziks should take eleven of these hayricks for their share but that the masters should be measured over again the colloquy about the division of the hayricks lasted until the mid-afternoon luncheon hour when the last of the hay had been divided levin confiding the care of the work to the bookkeeper sat down on one of the hayricks which was marked by a laburnum stake and enjoyed the spectacle of the meadows alive with the busy peasantry before him at the bend of the river beyond the marsh, he saw the peasant women in a variegated line, and heard their ringing voices as they gossiped together, while raking into long brown ramparts the hay scattered over the bright green aftermath. Behind the women came the men with pitchforks turning the windrows into wide, high swelling hayricks. Toward the left, across the meadow, already cleared of the hay, came the creaking talyegas, or peasant carts, and one by one, as the hayricks were lifted on the point of monstrous forks, disappeared, and their places were taken by the horse wagons filled to overflowing with the fragrant hay, which almost hid the rumps of the horses. A splendid hay weather! It will soon all be in," said Parminuitch as he sat down near Levin. Tea, not hay. It scatters like seed for the ducks when they pitch it up. Then, pointing to a hayrick which the men were demolishing, the old man went on, "Since dinner." pitched up a good half of it. Is that the last? he shouted to a young fellow, who, standing at the pole of a cart and shaking the ends of his hempen reins, was driving by. The last, Batyushka, shouted back the young fellow, pulling in his horse. Then he looked down with a smile on a happy-looking, rosy-faced woman who was sitting on the hay in the Taliega, and whipped up his steed again. Who is that? Your son, asked Levin. MY YOUNGEST, SAID THE ELDER, WITH AN EXPRESSION OF PRIDE. WHAT A fine FELLOW. NOT BAD. MARRIED YET? YES. THREE YEARS COME NEXT PHILIP Hobuck. SO? AND ARE THERE CHILDREN? HOW? CHILDREN? FOR A WHOLE YEAR I HAVEN'T HEARD ANYTHING ABOUT IT, AND IT'S A SHAME, SAID THE OLD MAN. WELL, THIS IS HAY. JUST TEA, HE REPEATED, WISHING TO CHANGE THE SUBJECT. Levin looked with interest at Venka Parmanov and his wife. They were loading on a hay-wreck nearby. Ivan Parmanov was standing on the wagon, arranging, storing, and pressing down the fragrant hay which the handsome goodwife handed up to him in great loads, first in armfuls, then with the fork. The young woman worked gaily, industriously, and skillfully. First she arranged it with her fork, then, with elastic and agile motions, she exerted all her strength upon it, and, stooping over, she lifted up the great armful, and, standing straight, with full bosom under the white chemise, gathered with a red girdle, she piled it high upon the load. Ivan, working as rapidly as he could, so as to relieve her of every moment of extra work, stretched out his arms wide, and caught up the load which she extended, and trampled it down into the wagon. Then, raking up what was left, the woman shook off the hay that had got into her neck, and, tying a red handkerchief around her broad white brow, she crept under the cart to fasten down the load. Vanka showed her how the rope should be tied, and at some remark that she made burst into a roar of laughter. In the expression on the faces of both of them could be seen strong young love recently awakened. End of chapter 11